We are reading today from uh, the book of Ruth, and uh, this is chapter 1, verses 15 to 18. So she, Naomi, said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There will I be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me and more as well if even death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. This is the word of God for the people of God. So this week we are finishing up this sermon series on friends and strangers. And I don't know about you, but I've really enjoyed the things that we've uh, learned and thought about during this series. And of course, uh, you know, Brian began with us uh, talking about uh, who the stranger is and how we welcome the stranger. And then I talked about how strangers become God, uh, become friends through the gift of God to do that. And then uh, Brian last week was talking about how friends shine their light in the world. Even when they're a little cranky, they shine their light in the world so that others will see the light and want to be part of that light. And today we need to think about what a friend is, what the scriptures teach us about the depths of friendship. Now, if you know anything about friendship, if you've read about it, since really before the time of Christ, there have been three understandings of what it can mean to be a friend. There are three types of friendship. And the first kind of friendship is usefulness, right? Where uh, if, we're, if we're, quote, friends, you do something for me, I do something for you, and uh, we have a friendship based upon being useful to each other. For example, when I was in graduate school, one of my professors was my friend. We'd eat together, we'd talk, uh, and I would do research for her, and she would mentor me into a good job, and once I had that good job and went away, we hardly ever talked anymore because we were useful to each other during that period of time. So some friends are useful friends. Secondly, some friends are just your friend because you share enjoyment, right? My drinking buddies or my golf buddies, right? You're not calling them when you really need something, but by golly, when you want to play golf, these are the people you're going to hang out with. So we have certain friends and friendships that are just uh, based in sort of mutual enjoyment. But then there is the deepest and most profound category of friendship. And it's the kind of friend who's with you through thick and through Thin. It's the kind of friendship that we've talked about before, this Greek word philos, the kind of brotherly and sisterly love that is really rooted and grounded in God and we express toward one another. And this is the kind of friendship 
uh, that the Bible's really talking about. Now, I want Phil to help me summarize these kinds of friendships. So first is the kind of friendship that's useful. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, together they're pretty good train robbers. They're useful to each other. Then there's the kind of friend that's uh, enjoyment, Thelma and Louise, right? They have kind of bad lives, but boy, when they're together, they have a blast. Now, I have to say that neither of these first two kinds of friendships ended very well. Just saying. And then there's the through thick and thin kind of friendship. And, you know, Harry and Ron and Hermione, they are together no matter what is going on. Uh, they work through it and they remain friends and care for each other. So the three types of friendship, but this phylos, this brotherly and sisterly through thick and thin love is really what the Bible is all about. And you know, you can get rid of the Potter thing now. If you uh, look at the Bible, there are a lot of different friendships that are there in the scriptures. I mean, uh, King David is one of the ones, he's got lots and lots of friends. We think of his friend Jonathan, but Abiathar is his friend, and Nahash is his friend, and Hushai is his friend. I know you don't even know those names, but they're his friends if you're reading the scriptures, and it must say something about David who had this deep love of God that he has these various deep and profound kinds of friends. The Apostle Paul has a lot of friends in ministry. I mean, you can think about Barnabas, but he's in jail and people are coming to see him and help him. And so the Bible is full of stories of friendship. But I really love this story of Ruth and Ruth and Naomi and the friends that they are and what their friendship helps us to see and to understand. Uh, you will remember this story where Naomi is an Israelite woman and has a husband and two sons, and there's a famine in Israel. So they decide they're going to go over to the land of Moab because they'll be able to survive over there. And while they're over living in Moab, the two sons marry Moabite wives. Now, you have to understand, of course, that the Moabites and the Israelites are not really the best of friends. They just... You know, they're kind of at each other most of the time, or King David is out conquering the Moabs and, you know, that sort of thing. Okay. So then, unfortunately, Naomi's husband dies, and the two sons die, and it leaves these three women on their own. And, of course, in the ancient world, a woman is property. She belongs to a man, and, and so they're really in a very bad situation. And Naomi says, you know what? I'll tell you what, Orpah and Ruth, you just go back to your people. I'm sure your households will take you back in. That'll be to your uh, best survival. And me, I'm going to make my way back to Israel, to my people, and hopefully someone there will care for me. And Orpah goes, okay, that sounds like the right plan. Bye-bye, and goes home. But Ruth, Ruth is a true friend to Naomi. Ruth says, you know what? I'm going to go where you go. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. If even death should part us, I'm going to stick with you through thick and thin. In other words, Ruth is saying, your friendship is important to me. 
And there are at least three things that I think we need to highlight as we look at this story of the friendship of Ruth and Naomi. And the first one is this. These women are two different people. One is an Israelite, one is a Moabite. They don't worship the same God, they don't live in the same places, they don't have the same cultures, the languages are similar, but it's like different dialects. There's a lot of external differences between these women. And most of the time, friendships are based upon similarities externally. And God is trying to say to us, when we look at the outside, when we're busy looking at age and skin color and socioeconomic status and, and saying, yeah, our friends are people who are like me, we're missing the deeper ability to connect with people in the way that the Spirit calls us to connect. Um, you may have heard the story, and Phil's going to put a slide up here, of uh, this woman who at Thanksgiving time in 2016 was uh, texting her grandson to come over to Thanksgiving dinner and to, to go ahead and bring a friend. And uh, the young man on the right got the text and said, oh, Grandma got a new phone number. And he said, hey, Grandma, send me a picture. And Grandma sent this picture at work. And he said, oh, you're not my grandma. Can I come and have a plate anyway? And she said, well, yeah, Grandma Speed people, come on over. And now for four Thanksgivings, this young man has had dinner with this woman's family, and she says this was a real God thing. We have become friends. He's a wonderful young man. But I'm here to tell you, if they'd have passed on the street, they probably would have looked at each other and thought, nothing in common, we'll never be friends. And so the first thing that this story is trying to tell us is that we look on the outside at who our friends will be, and God is looking within and looking at the spirit and the heart of the person, and we need to greet others and recognize that this might be a true friend to us if we're willing to open our hearts and our lives to someone else. But there's more that this story of Ruth and uh, Naomi tell us. And the second thing is this, that this exemplifies what Jesus says in John 15, I think it's verse 13, where he says, you know, a friend will lay down their life for another. Now, so often when we read that, we think, well, it's Jesus laying down his life for us and for our forgiveness. Or we think, Oh, it means being willing to die for someone. But I don't think that's actually what Jesus means. Uh, yes, he means those things, but he actually means something a little bit short of that, which is that if we're going to be a true friend, we have to be willing to compromise. 
If we're going to be a true friend, we have to be willing to let go of something of ourselves, of our way, of our desire. Uh, you know, that's why they always say, hey, you should marry your best friend, because if it's your best friend, hopefully you'll know how to compromise and have a little bit of give and take in the relationship. And if you think about it, Ruth is willing to let go of some of the things that she knows and she has valued in her life for the sake of her friend in the care of her friend, Naomi. We have to be willing to let go of some things if we're going to be a real friend to another person, to find a middle ground to be able to meet there and share our lives together. But there's a third thing about this kind of deepest through thick and thin friendship, and it is just that that real friends stick through each, with each other through thick and thin. You know the saying, uh, when you go through a tough time, you find out who your friends really are. Because your deepest friends, your real friends, will be there at your side when you lose a loved one, when you have a broken relationship, when you're suffering from an illness, when a variety of things are going on in your life, your truest brotherly and sisterly love kinds of friends will be there for you and you will be there for them. Through thick and thin is a real mark of the depths of friendship. It shows our love for that other person, even though they're not in a good place. And you think about Job and his friends sitting there with him when he has lost little, literally everything. Now, their advice is not so good. Give you a caution there. Be careful what you say. Sometimes the best thing is just to be present to them. But the point of that story is the friends do not abandon Job, even in his lowest moments. So when we look at this biblical concept of friendship, this idea that it's what's deeper, it's not the externalities that bring us together. This idea that we have to let go of something of ourselves. This idea that we really stick together through thick and thin. We get a really good picture of what God asks of us. And when we say, okay, now for my own life, is this the kind of friend I am? And who are those people who are those kinds of friends to me? That's a really important question we should all ask. But I think there's another question as well. And it is to ask, as the body of Christ, as a community of faith, as this church we call the village, are we that kind of friend to one another. I've been thinking about this because, you know, oh, last July, I said, hey, let's have this experiment and let's all worship together. And then everybody said, well, let's keep doing this, everybody worships together. And I can tell you, nobody was really satisfied with a 10 o'clock worship service. 
It was either too early or it was too late. Or it was too traditional or it was too contemporary or it was too this or that. And guess what? We all compromised. We all had to lay down a little bit of our own expectations. And it seems to me our worship is as powerful and spirit-filled and rich as it has been since I've been here. That there was something about being true friends to one another that we opened up space for God to be even more present among us. That there is something about welcoming difference when it's in our midst and saying, you're my friend, you're my brother, you're my sister, you are welcome here and I love you. And the amazing thing ultimately, and you know, I have to say this congregation has been through thick and thin, and we're pretty thick right now, so that's a good thing. But the amazing thing about the story of Ruth is she has no idea what amazing things are going to happen because she is a true friend to Naomi. Ruth has no way of knowing she's going to be the great-grandmother to David, the king, the greatest king of Israel. She has no way of knowing she's going to be a forerunner in the history, that genealogy that leads to Jesus. But because she is a true friend to Naomi, and that's her main concern, this amazing story unfolds before her. And it makes me wonder... As a church, as this village, in the coming year or two, as we continue to travel to places we may not yet know, to trust God, to open space for God, to truly be friends to one another in which we kind of are willing to let go of a little something of ourselves for the sake of the whole it makes me wonder what amazing things God is going to do in us and through us. I believe that because I've already seen it happening here. All of us should have on our hearts and our spirits and our lips these words I will go where you go. Your people will be my people. Your God is my God. And far be it from any of us to even let death separate us from one another or from the love of God in Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.